Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. We thank you for everything you have done in our life. We exalt you. We love you. We honor you. Father, we love you. This morning, as we listen to your word, Father, may your love cover our head and our heart. Father, I surrender every heart into your hand. And you speak into our life. So your word may bless us and transform our life. So we will be blessed. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Oh, yeah. Rebecca, we read the first for us. John chapter 14, 15, uh, verse 15 to 31. Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore. But you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father. And you are in me. And I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But, Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say, I am going away and I am coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you, for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me, but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come now, let us leave. Yeah, thank you. So, uh, good morning. On behalf of the church, I thank you for wearing your mask. Please wear your mask while we inside. Because we want to protect each other and love each other. So, uh, today we learn from John chapter 14, verse 15 to 31. 
this word was spoken by Jesus just hours before he went to the cross. That is the biggest love story of this world. Jesus died on the cross in place of our sin. So, John chapter 14, we learn a wonderful series of God's promises. Uh, last few weeks, we learned about that Jesus was going to the Father and uh, prepare a place for us. And that Jesus, uh, if, we, if we are in Christ, we will uh, do a greater things than Jesus. Then another promise. If Jesus would answer all of our prayers. That is so wonderful. And today, Jesus says, if he is going away, he is returned to the Father, he will send us Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is our comforter, is our counselor, is our uh, advocate, is our uh, helper. And Holy Spirit will be with us forever. And also Jesus promised of his resurrection. And then he will ascend to the Father, return to the Father. He lives. He is not dead. He is alive. That's why our faith in is in Jesus' life today. And he promised when we love him and obey his word, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit will make their home in us and will give us peace and confidence and will drive out our anxiety and fear. We thank you for the word of God. Now, in verse 15 and 31, this is a long verse, so we, I want to make it into three points. The first one, loving, and I give heading for uh, discernment, heaven on earth. So the first one, loving means obeying. Those who receive this gift are described four times by Jesus, who love Jesus. Jesus not, say, a Christian or believer, but who loves Jesus. Verse 15, if you love me, keep my commands. Verse 21, whoever has my commands and keep them is the one who loves me. Second, who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my father. That is the third one. Who, one, who loves me? The one who loves me. And I too will love them and show myself to them. Judas, not Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus replied, Number four, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. First number of, uh, 24, anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. Now, for Jesus, love me. If you love me, if you love 
Jesus obey his words, obey his teaching. In verse 21, Jesus say, if you love God, uh, Jesus said that love for God leads to obedience to God. And obedience to God leads to experiencing God's love and growing to the knowledge in the knowledge of God or Christ. So uh, in verse 21, Jesus said, I will love him and manifest myself with him. That is Jesus' promise. Now verse 31. But I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. Jesus showed his obedience to God by loving his Father. That's why Jesus said to us, if you love Jesus, obey his teaching. Obey his word. Now, if God seems distant in your life, or the Bible does not seem, you read the Bible, but you, it seems that the Bible doesn't speak anything to you, we should check if there is disobedience in our life. What keeps people away from the gospel is not the knowledge, but because we lack of heart for Jesus. If we really care about Jesus, we will find out more about his word and obey him. If we love someone, of course, we want to know them, he or her, more and more because we love that person. This is very logical. So we all like Buffy. We don't understand buffet, especially in the five-star hotel. The buffet is really good. You can pick and choose everything you like. And now in pandemic, we don't have buffet, but we have food court. You can pick and buy everything you like and you eat it. But when it comes to God's word, we cannot treat God's command or God's words as buffet. <laughs> we take and choose what we like. We go to church. We worship God. We give offering. We give tithing. We do ministry. We go to life group. But when it comes to that person, I cannot face him or her. Sorry, God, I cannot forgive my parents. Sorry, God, I am offended to that person. You treat God's word like buffet. When I were little, my mother used to cook Chinese uh, soup. That is a chicken soup with Chinese herb. I don't know what herb was it. Make the soup look really dark and black. So I tried to avoid drinking the soup. But my mother would always say, drink it. It is good. For you. When we love Jesus, we obey his teaching. It is good. That is, that is for your own good. 
So many parents tell their children, if you love mommy, obey what I say. I think every mommy will agree. And many wives, wives would say to her husband, to their husband, if you love me, you will listen to me. I think every wife would agree. And now when we talk about our love for Jesus must be become our motivation to obey God's teaching and God's word. Obedience without love is self-righteousness. Obedience without love is self-righteousness because you want to look good. Obedience with, uh, we will never obey his word or God's word if all we feel is a sense of moral obligation. In the book of Galatians, we learn about legalism. The Pharisee and the religious leader, they show their righteousness by obeying the law, but in their heart, they had no love for Jesus. If we just obey the law and we don't have the love for Jesus, our good work is not consistent. In front of the people and behind the scene, we can have two different actions. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 20, For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisee and the teacher of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Wow, this is very hard. The antidote of disobedience is not obedience, but is love. A little girl came to great English preacher called Mackay Pierce and said to this preacher, Mr. Pierce, I don't love Jesus. I wish I did love Jesus. Won't you please tell me how to love Jesus? I think this little girl is very honest. If we are adult, we won't admit these things. The preacher said to this little girl, little girl, as you go home today, keep saying to yourself, Jesus loves me, Jesus loves me, Jesus loves me. The next Sunday, the little girl came to the preacher again with happy eyes. She said, Mr. Pierce, I do love Jesus. I do love Jesus. Last Sunday as I went home, I kept saying to myself, Jesus loved me, Jesus loved me, Jesus loved me. And I began to think about his love. And I began to think of how I think uh, to think of how he died on the cross in my place. And I found my cold heart growing warm. And it was the first time I knew that my heart is filled with the love of Jesus. Parents, teach your children to say, Jesus love me, Jesus love me. When my, my kids were little, I always sing to them, Jesus love me, and I know. 
because the Bible tells me so. And if you struggle this morning, pray and beg Jesus. Jesus, give me patience to love you. The greater your love grows, the easier obedience becomes. 1 John chapter 3, verse 22. John says, Whatever we ask, we receive from him. Because we keep his commandments and what pleases him. If we love Jesus, we obey Jesus' teaching, he will answer all of our prayer because that pleases him. Is that any area in your life that you pray and you got uh, you don't have the answer yet? Please love Jesus and obey his teaching. Number two, Jesus promised another helper that is the Holy Spirit. Verse 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. Holy Spirit, the advocate. Verse 17, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither see him nor know him, but you know him. For he lives with you and will be in you. Of course, the world cannot see, not believer, uh, the, 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 the people who are not believer yet or the word, they cannot see Holy Spirit because Holy Spirit, they, uh, he doesn't have the physical form so we can see. And that's why they would reject the notion and the work of the Holy Spirit. But as when we love Jesus, we uh, we've obey his teaching, Jesus will manifest himself in us. So, verse 26, this repeat again, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, will remind, uh, sorry, will remind you of everything I have said to you. Advocate, in Greek word, that is parakletos, that's mean call to one's aid in a court of justice. So in a court, you have advocate or advisor. If you want to need, if you need to ask something, you can just talk to the advocate. Or another word, one who come alongside. That is Holy Spirit. And it is translated in the Bible as helper, comforter, counselor, and advocate. The Holy Spirit is the gift of the Father in the request of Jesus, the Son. It shows the three unity of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're working together as one God, one God, three person in different roles. Okay, and the Holy Spirit will be with us forever. God's Spirit lead us into the truth, help us to understand the Bible. There is no reason for us to not understand the Bible because the Holy Spirit, if Holy Spirit fill us and with us, we will understand it. Where the Spirit is at work, 
Christian desire to learn more of the truth of the word of God. And we go to verse 19. Yet a little while, and the word will see me no more, but you will see me because I live. You also will live. Our Christian belief is rooted in the life of Jesus. Jesus is alive. Jesus showed his resurrection to his disciple and a group of people. He is alive. So that's why we have no longer to fear the death because Jesus has conquered the death for us. Verse 20, in that day, you will know that I am in the Father and you, you are in me and I in you. It's referred to the day of the Pentecost. At the day of the Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was given to the disciples, the Holy Spirit worked in new and powerful way. Even the Holy Spirit were present in, has already present in the Old Testament, in Jesus' life, but this is the new way of the Holy Spirit. Now, what does it mean to walk with the Spirit? Maybe a lot of us will question, how can I walk with the Spirit? The Holy Spirit is God. Holy Spirit is a person, not a force or an energy. Not it, but He. Holy Spirit is God and a person. And Jesus promised in Chapter, John chapter 14, if he return to the Father, he will send the Holy Spirit to us. If we want to walk with the Spirit, we have to treat the Holy Spirit, the relationship, as our relationship with our husband, our wife, or with other person. Because Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. So, in the New Testament, uh, the Spirit want to fill us, guide us, and mature you into a Christ-like person. Now, the first one, how can we walk with the Holy Spirit? My first question, how we will be filled with the Holy Spirit? If you want to walk, you have to be filled first with the Holy Spirit. The Bible gives us three terms with the same experience. Abiding in Christ, being filled with the Holy Spirit, and letting the word of God richly dwell in us. That is the same experience. Abide, when we come to chapter 15, we want to uh, learn about abide in God or in Jesus. Jesus said, I am a true vine, you are the princess. If you abide in me, I in you, you will bear much fruit. So, John chapter 15, abide means dwell in or live in or remain in Jesus. John chapter 15, 5 to 7, we will, we will uh, learn next, next week. Jesus make, Jesus make it clear that we will know if we are abiding in him, if his word. Fill our minds and control us so that we live by the leading of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit, again, is the Spirit of Jesus. 
Being filled with the Holy Spirit is no different than let the Word of God work in our life. So, if you start the Bible study, if you do it, Bible study and prayer, your devotional time or your quiet time in the morning, and then for the rest of the day, you stop abiding with Christ or you put the Holy Spirit on the side. Then if you choose to be involved in a relationship that is not healthy or you have to make any decision in your business, in your life, that is not God honoring the Holy Spirit would not guide you in that area. He will also stop to guide you. Psalm 119 verse 11, David say, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Through the Bible reading, meditating God's word, Memorizing God's word and confessing our sin, we can release the power of God's word into every area of our life. It is clear in the Bible that the word of God has the ability to transform our life. My question is, are we transformed by the word of God? Let us answer this question. Many people refer to being filled with the Holy Spirit as a sensational experience. That is a misunderstanding. Number two, when we walk to, with the Holy Spirit, we must be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Number two, the walk with the Spirit is an ongoing relationship with the Holy Spirit, ongoing relationship with the Holy Spirit. No rest, no holiday, no pause. The goal of this relationship is a daily life where he fills you and guides you in every moment, step by step. This is the lifestyle of 24-7, not 7-11, but 24 Seven, that is the life with the Holy Spirit. So our friendship, our relationship, our closeness with God, this is our own decision and choice. You have to make your own decision and your own choice to follow Jesus, to love Jesus, to obey his teaching. Jesus promises never to leave you, but that does not automatically mean he is leading you. He never leaves us, but it doesn't mean he is leading you. God gives us freedom to choose, but you have a sinful nature. That's why we must make a decision to walk with the Spirit. When you let the Spirit fill you, the fruit naturally emerges in your life. Holy Spirit, uh, yeah, I have an illustration. Holy Spirit in our heart is like this light. Holy Spirit will see whether there is a black spot in our heart. We need to confess our sin 
to reconcile to God. Otherwise, he won't feel us. And if we walk with the Holy Spirit, John chapter 13 verse, John chapter 16 verse 13 say, He will tell you what is yet to come. So He know our future and He will tell us the secret, what we have to face. That is the benefit to walk with the Spirit. Number three, when we talk about the feeling of the Holy Spirit and walk with the Holy Spirit 24-7. And my question, when does he stop feeling you? That is, of course, all of your question. Holy Spirit feeling us. And when he will stop feeling us? The Bible say, the Holy Spirit will stop feeling us if we grieve or Often the Holy Spirit, because He is person, He is God. Ephesians chapter four verse thirty, it says, "Do not grieve the Holy Spirit." Now, how can we grieve the Holy Spirit? We grieve the Holy Spirit by our relationship with other. We grieve the Holy Spirit, and Holy Spirit will stop feeling us if we have problem with our relationship with other people. With your wife, with your husband, with your colleague, with the church member. And what is that? That is because of bitterness, anger, hatred or fight, or insult, you need to reconcile and forgive each other if you want Holy Spirit continue filling your life. The Holy Spirit fills and guides only the holy person, not unholy one. Even though you worship, you do ministry, you do anything, give offering, but if Holy Spirit stop feeling you, it doesn't your life would not change. Your character would not change. I think everyone watch Star Wars. When you watch Star Wars, a personal character has nothing to do with the ability to contribute force or energy. And some evil people have the force and the energy they would destroy the life of other people. But with the Holy Spirit, if you want Holy Spirit to fill us, you have to rooting out sin from your life. We must make our heart a comfortable place for the Holy Spirit of God. It's like a marriage when a spouse upset or grieve the other one. Of course, the harmony will be trouble. Even though they still live together, still have commitment, the marriage is still intact, but 
the harmony is trouble. To become a holy vessel, we must have a lifestyle of righteousness that matches the standard of God's word. Number three. Number one, love, loving means obeying, obey, obeying. Number two, parakletos or advocate, the Holy Spirit. Number three, Jesus promised, give us assurance of his love, of his peace and confidence. I think we all need this peace and confidence in this time. Verse 27, peace I live with you. My peace I give you, I do not, I do not give to you as the word gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. The word define peace as nice, easy life without trouble. That is peace according to the word. But to God, peace, the peace Jesus gives is peace even in the middle of the storm. In troublesome circumstances, in difficult life like pandemic, that is the peace Jesus promised. And verse 27, Jesus refers back to verse number one. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus gives the peace is not an outward peace, but inside our heart. You remember, Jesus can sleep in the middle of the storm. And there is a story of Corrie ten Boom. One day he was, she was, Corrie ten Boom is a Dutch, and she used to help a lot of uh, Jewish, uh, Jewish people in the time of Holocaust. And Corrie ten Boom, one day, he was in the plane. And it was a big, bad turbulence and storm. And the plane was really bad in bad situation. But after the storm was calm, a businessman came to Corridenboom and asked, Ma'am, what makes you so calm in the middle of the storm? And Corridenboom said, Because I have the peace of my God. And then Coritan will share the gospel with this businessman. This morning, if you believe in God, but you are still controlled by your fear and your anxiety, you have to love Jesus and obey Jesus' word so that his peace will be in our heart. So, the uh, first 28, the disciple did not like the idea of the Holy Spirit. Uh, uh, the, the, the idea of the Holy Spirit because they, uh, they were afraid to lose Jesus. Because they lived with Jesus for three years. They saw Jesus, they touched Jesus, and they smelled Jesus. And uh, they saw Jesus walk on water. They saw a lot of miracles. Jesus rose uh, Lazarus from the dead. They saw everything. They, and they expected that Jesus set up a political kingdom to help them overthrowing Rome. That's why they, they are afraid 
they were afraid of losing Jesus. But Jesus promised his disciples that the Holy Spirit will fill the role of Jesus in their life. He will comfort them, strengthen them, teach them, so that they know that his love for them will never die, but will grow. The Holy Spirit's task in our life to bring the presence of God, the truth of God, and the peace of God. Now I come to verse 30. Verse 30, I will not say much more to you. For the prince of the world is coming. He has no hold over me. Jesus said, the prince of this world, that is Satan. Satan is coming, but Satan has no hold on me. Jesus is the only person who can say, Satan has no hold on me. Because Jesus knew no sin as woman. And Jesus has not a sinful nature. Ephesians chapter 4, 27, Paul said, do not give the devil a foothold. Satan is like a fly. In summer, we'll have a lot of fly. Fly always look for a faulty subject. A dead animal, a faulty foot, he like it. It's like a devil. If you have bitterness, anger, hurt, unforgiveness, unconfessed sin, this is the faulty things in our life and that become the foothold of the enemy. So that some people, some people very easily offended and very critical, judgmental, they cannot be faithful in their marriage because of this. So from today on, if someone criticizes other people with you, ask him or her to pray with you. Ask God for forgiveness and reconcile because that will stop the Holy Spirit to fill your life. Now, uh, Conclusion, my conclusion. The word home is used in verse 2. And the same word is used in verse 23. In verse 23, Jesus said, if you, love, uh, if you love me, you will obey my teaching. And my father will love him and make our home with him. Home, the same home. Now, from chapter 14, verse uh, 15 to 31, we learn that the Spirit come to us. Verse 16. Verse 16, Jesus said, I will ask the Father to send another advocate be with you forever. The Holy Spirit in us, come to us. Now in verse 18, Jesus says, Jesus will come to us. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Jesus come to us. Verse 16, Holy Spirit come to us. Verse 23, my father will love him and make our home with him. Father and the son will come to us and make their home in us. Jesus has prepared a place for us in heaven. But if we love him and obey him, the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit 
will come to us and make us their home and be with us forever. He never leave you as orphan. No matter where you are and what is happening to you, He, they, Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with us. He will protect you, provide you, and lead you, and you won't be an orphan. They will comfort you and love you in all your suffering, your trial, your anxiety, and your fear. This is why I call, I will experience heaven on earth. God bless you. Let us pray before I give it to the worship leader. Let us pray. Even you on site or online, please put your hand on your chest. We pray together. Father, we thank you this morning. I pray for God's love to pour out to everyone of us. Holy Spirit, please fill us. If there is any unforgiveness or foothold or unconfessing, please, Holy Spirit, reveal it to us. I want to drive any anxiety or fear in my life, in Jesus' name. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit will come to us, I pray, and make us your home so that we have peace and confidence in this life. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.